We're going to build the best football program in the SEC County. You have now arrived at Stadium in Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. We won. It's time to play the games, fellas. How y'all feel? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's that time, boys. Got a hurricane uh brewing out there in the uh, the Gulf of Mexico right now. Uh, hopefully it doesn't impact too many folks' uh, travel plans, but uh, yeah, it's here. Yeah, it wouldn't be uh, football season in Florida without some nonsense brewing off this uh, off the the Atlantic or in the Gulf. Um, but thoughts to uh, everyone on the west coast of Florida. I had a really bad one last year, Dan. Uh, I don't know if it'll touch you up in the clouds yeah. in the high rise, the penthouse, um, but. The issues uh, sure. become being close to the water here. The issues become them turning off uh, power because of surge. Uh, so that's something that we'll have to be uh, prepared for. Uh, you know, you got to just monitor the uh, the eye of the storm. So we'll see what the next 24 hours yield. I think it's going to move pretty quickly. So um, feels like it feels like a great weekend or a week for the king of Coral Springs to return. Uh, back to his home. Don't don't think I'll be returning to Coral Springs this week. Um, you know, shout out to my parents. I'm sure they would welcome me. The uh, the old bedroom that I had is probably still readily available for me. But don't think this is an evacuation type of storm. Been wrong before. Uh, but these eye storms always do give us a little cause for concern. You had Ida and Ian, and I'm sure there's a few others. So hopefully this one uh, doesn't do what it does or is supposed to do. Uh, and certainly thoughts and prayers. I think the Steenhatchee area, uh, it looks like to be in, in direct impact of where they think that I might go. So, um, but but thoughts and prayers and this, just be safe. Be safe out there. If I know anything about hurricanes, I know nobody knows anything. The weather, man, right. everybody's guessing, man. So It's all a guess. Yeah, just prepare yourself as, as much as you can. Uh, this is his week one tradition. It's like every year we battle in a hurricane and travel. What's 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 it looking like for the people that got to travel to Utah? Like, is that going to affect any Gators trying to get out to uh to the Utes? Yeah, yeah. I would I would assume. I mean, if you're flying out of Tampa, for sure. Uh, depending on when you're flying out of Orlando, probably. If you're flying out Wednesday from Jacksonville, probably not. Mm. Just leave now. Sure, easy drive. You're in Jacksonville, just leave now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm hoping uh, we leave, me and Zach leave Tuesday at like 7.40. This time uh, tomorrow, I'll be in the air. Thank you, in Delta, for your Wi-Fi. Hmm. 
Yeah, monitor that. Obviously, um, it's an, an odd uh, thing that just kind of happened out of nowhere. Uh, you know, a couple of days ago, we weren't really talking about any storms, and here we are. It's kind of crazy how quickly, you know, three or four days can impact that. But uh, Tampa, I would imagine, will not be flyable all day tomorrow, which is Tuesday. And I would imagine that, that Wednesday uh, will probably be a similar uh, circumstance as well. So just monitor your flights if you're going out there. Um, but yeah, hopefully it doesn't impact the, uh, the crowd too much, but obviously our, our thoughts are with those to make sure that that safety is the number one priority. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's get into the show a little bit. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you like and subscribe hit that little thumbs up button. Uh, and as always, we are powered by our friends over at Allen Horn Insurance. Give him a call, 706-692-2888. If you are looking for any type of policy, whether it be automotive, uh, home, property, uh, business insurance, whatever it might be, allenhorninsurance.com, 706-692-2888 or allenhorninsurance.com. Uh, Nick, you had been hanging it over our heads for about three weeks that you had watched the Swamp Kings documentary. Uh, we asked you to give us a Netflix login. You didn't. Um, last Tuesday, we got to see the uh, the unveiling of uh, Untold Swamp Kings, just a three-hour PR puff piece for the University of Florida. Gentlemen, want to get your thoughts on the game. Or on the uh, the documentary about the uh, the Florida Gators 2005 to 2010 season. Enjoyed the fluff piece. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. It was a few things that I didn't like. Um, you know, just uh, I thought there was should have been more involvement. I would have liked there to be more involvement. I don't know everybody's situation because everybody has their reasons for, you know, being involved or not being involved. But I would like to see some more Percy. You know, some Chris Leak. Uh, more Reggie Nelson, uh, a little bit more of Z Zook exiting. So I mm -hmm. think there were some pieces of the story I, I liked. Um, not angry that it wasn't, you know, a thirty for thirty Miami piece that 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 was embarrassing. You know, we all I know media. Everybody wants a full fledged, you know, tell all. I'm glad mm -hmm. we didn't get that. Um, just not the right timing for that. Um, but right, the right timing for a recruiting fluff piece to remind people of the greatness at that time because some of these kids uh, weren't you know, alive or even aware at that time, if they were, of Tim Tebow and what was going on. So I thought it was an overall uh, great fluff piece. Um, Brandon Seiler and Brandon Spikes were, were just two uh, leaders, man, uh, leader of men at that position. So I thought that was good for them to highlight that situation. Um, but I have no quarrels. I like it. Just what, yeah. more I would like to see from some former players, but even the Pouncey Twins. But yeah, outside yeah, of that, that's... I'm cool. Let's let's we'll we'll talk about a few of those. I want to get your thoughts, Nick. Uh, I know you wrote an article about it. If you didn't read it, go check it out on, on three. Give us your perception. Yeah, and uh, I, I think I wondered if so. Like Percy, they were in negotiations with Percy. I think when he found out that some money was exchanging hands, he asked for money to be exchanged into his hands, and they didn't find a number. I wonder if they just like penalized the guys that didn't want to be interviewed. How do you not talk more about Percy Harvin for that team? Um, how do you not talk more about a bunch of the guys? I mean, mm -hmm. uh, 
Dallas Baker, not really mentioned. He was a, just a touchdown dude. Um, there were a bunch of guys. He was interviewed. He was interviewed. He was interviewed. Um, I don't think the Pouncy Twins were ever going to get in there because, I, I, I mean, for yeah. as many years as this has been rumored, uh, up until it released or up until I saw it, I'm wondering, is this going to be a hit piece? Because it could easily mm-hmm. be. Um, the uh, director did not go that way. It's It should be great for – Florida recruiting. Uh, I think some of these kids like that Florida's recruiting right now know Tim Tebow, but probably as the guy that's on game day or mm-hmm. on SEC network, not as the guy that won the Heisman Trophy and two championships in Florida. Um, and that sounds crazy to Florida fans, but a 16 a year old kid from Louisiana doesn't really know Tim Tebow. Like Tim Tebow was a professional baseball player by the time he started watching, you know, college football. Um, so I think it's good for Florida recruiting. I think it's good for the current team. Like, hey, some of the stuff they did was psychotic, but like that's what it took to have that level of success on the field. Now I don't know if you can run a program like that anymore. Uh, I don't know what George is doing or what Alabama's doing, but that transfer portal looks real nice. Like would Brandon Spikes have made it to his junior year if the transfer portal was a thing. He's in there saying, like, I came here to play football. These guys are training like they're going to war. I wasn't about that. I don't know if a freshman, sophomore, Brandon Sprites, if the transfer portal was available, if he would have just been like, yo, these workouts suck. Peace out. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought uh, you make a, a couple salient points there, Nick. We'll, we'll talk about a few of those here. I thought overall um, – I guess the, the biggest thing that I want to kind of highlight is there, there's been a lot of people, a lot of folks on Barstool that are pretty butthurt. Um, a few others that thought this was going to be a, a hit piece, right? And I think that that's you kind of ascribing whatever you thought it, it would be or could be to what it actually was. And I think that if you look back uh, on the whole thing, you look from what they said in the uh, the, the preview, for the documentary when they put out the frequently asked questions about the documentary. Hey, you wanted stuff about Aaron Hernandez. Hey, there's an entire other documentary about Aaron Hernandez, all of these things. And instead of realizing what it was, and that was during the time from 2005 to 2010, the Florida Gators were the most dominant team in college football at the height of college football's popularity. Right? So all of those things kind of, kind of coalescing into one another makes it funny to me how upset and for how long rival fan bases watched this documentary expecting this to be a hit piece on the Gators and, you know, reality, they made us look fantastic. Uh, made the four <laughs> Gators look fantastic. The entire program looked great. Um, I love the way that they portrayed the Gators during that time. It was hard nosed, hard football. Um, you know, was there a little bit of an urban Meyer redemption story? Sure. Maybe was Tim Tebow a little bit behind, you know, maybe pulling some of the strings. Sure. But, you know, what I'd like to see other players, absolutely. But at the end of the day, it was a good fluff piece for three hours. And if you thought it was going to be something different, then, you know, that, that's on you. And that's on Barstool Sports. You figure it out. You want more information about the Gators from that time? You can do your own research. Google's free, as Silk would say. It is free. I do think the, the, the competition level of what uh, Urban Meyer had is still something that's achievable. You know, mm-hmm. I think you can't be as, you know, as hardcore as he was back then, but – I, I think at the Ohio States, the Georgias, the Bamas, there's still a level of, of competition and from a work ethic standpoint, the workouts. And I think 
we see with, with our staff, and I'm pretty sure staffs around the country do the same thing with uh, finding those competitions, um, doing workouts, and they, they, they track points and all of that stuff. But you just got to make it super competitive. That's that's what the, the Swamp Kings during that era, you know, they, they just competed with absolutely everything, you know. Um, some of the stuff that my everybody did was, was super toxic and wouldn't be allowed these days. Uh, shout out to Ahmad. Ahmad was on the show as well. Some of like the, the, the things he said about Ahmad and, um, you know, uh, feeding, you know, his kings and, and then his pieces of shit, like pieces of shit. Like some yeah. of that stuff wouldn't fly these days. But on the level of competition is what you, you got to find. I hope our players was watching that, you know, <laughs> people around the program just to see the level of competition, how much they wanted to win. Um, and you sometimes you got to go to the extreme to win. You got to push your body to those extremes. Those mat drills were insane, bro. That was just a that was just a fight. Yeah, yeah. That That's was just that. There was there was no football training there. That was just like, hey, who's going to be tougher? Who's the bigger man here? You're telling a bunch of eighteen to twenty one year old kids, who's the bigger man? Is he gonna mm -hmm. is he gonna get to the other side of the mat? I mean, you got rear naked choke. Elbows flying. I think Tate Casey said uh, there were two rules: like there's no biting and there's no groin shots. Other than that, mm -hmm. you boys go out there and have fun. <laughs> Mickey Marathi's in some dude's face yelling, "You're faking it!" Then he's throwing yeah. up in his arms. Mickey just like walks away. He's all right. I guess he wasn't faking it. Yeah. On, to the next one. <laughs> On to the next one. I'll, I'll say this: I think one of the uh, the things that I was. Uh, pretty surprised about was the way that they painted Chris Leak. Didn't like that. Um, you know, Chris Leak probably, again, not the, the most perfect quarterback for Urban Meyer system, but still, what, 12,000 passing yards in his career. Uh, you know, led Florida to a national championship uh, his senior year, Urban Meyer's second year at Florida. Yes, Tim Tebow helped. Yes, they might not have done it without Tim Tebow, but I thought that they made uh, Chris Leak and the way that they, they talked about him being – you know, one quarterback away. And that's all that this team was missing. I thought that was a little yeah. – probably not the way that I would have done it. But more importantly, the way that they painted Tim Tebow as this oh, under-the-radar yeah. recruit that Urban Meyer had to be told at the Jacksonville airport about. I'm like, yeah. if you had to be told about Ur Tim Tebow at the Jacksonville airport, Urban, you aren't doing your job. Well, listen, like if, if Urban Meyer doesn't land Tim Tebow, this isn't a documentary. <clears throat> right. um, but also, Tim Tebow's hype as a freshman – was significantly bigger than his role on the team. Like his role on the team was short yardage back as a freshman. Mm -hmm. Like that was Chris Leak's team. Chris Leak led Florida Thanks. to that 2006 national championship. People might have been screaming for Tebow, but it was Leak. And and also Leak not having an ego and pouting or 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 throwing a tantrum that hey, who why are you putting this freshman in? Like I can get a third and three. Mm -hmm. I can do that. They're like, yeah, that's cool. But we have like an actual bulldozer and we're just going to use that. And then we'll put you back in on first and 10. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if like the off the field stuff that leak went through, if maybe that's why they didn't want to get him on, but that's also, you know, they didn't want to focus on anything that happened after Florida. So maybe they didn't mm -hmm. reach out to Chris leak or maybe Chris leak told them no, but I think they really didn't shine spotlight on people that didn't talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Lee was an absolute professional the way he handled himself at Florida, man. Um, it, it, you, the production is there. Like, I don't know if you sleep on the rock. There, there should be more praise to him for, for his time and his legacy at UF. But the, the numbers speak for themselves. And if you went to a game during those times, you, he dealt with some shit. Like, he went through a lot. He never never lost his mind. He never lashed out at the fans. We've seen 
the, the Felipe Franks and these other quarterbacks uh, come through after him, and they, they, they couldn't handle that pressure. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pressure that comes with being a University of Florida quarterback, and, and Chris Lee handled it like an absolute G. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's a national champion. Um, and I'm with you. He should have just, it should have been more put on. He was the number one player in the country yeah. coming out of high school, just like Tim Tebow. So mm -hmm. he was, he was very important to the leadership and the transition from, from Zook to, to Urban as well. Yeah. They, they, they did mention that Florida wasn't recruiting very well. And I hearkened back to, I think Florida <laughs> had the number one recruiting class in 2003, um, the number four or five class in 2004. So it's not, Let's let's not think that we were recruiting in the twenties. I think what they meant was once a certain Daniel Thompson got onto the recruiting <laughs> ah, staff, things really that's, picked what, up. that's what they left out. Yeah, they left. Things, they left. Really, why was Dan not interviewed for this? Uh, I'm telling you know, what, man. Nick. I like oh, I like atrocious. your directing style here. Atrocious. You know? There is uh, a writer strike in LA right now, so they're <laughs> going to probably be going pretty documentary <laughs> forward in, in the next couple months, couple years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all down for my tell all. Um, what do you think about Cam Newton? He did a little, uh, I think it was TikTok or something. Said he never got a ring. Bro, you're supposed to get no ring. Yeah, Bro, Cam he, Newton left in November. Come on. Ah. You're supposed to get a ring? There's <laughs> a lot of gripes, bro. Cam don't have a gripe, man. In, okay. Yeah. You're still a laptop, get kid out of school, and you think you deserve a ring. Talk about entitlement. Yeah. Come on. You got one from Auburn? He won a national championship and played in the game. <laughs> yeah, he got one from Blinn, too, probably. He probably yeah, did. To that. He, he earned both of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those dad to buy him one. He has some money. Um, <laughs> let's see. I thought Brandon Seiler was the uh, Bro, star was of the, the show. Star. star of the show. Star of the Thanks. show. Uh, the, the story of him showing up to a party where he thought he was big dog on campus, and some girl goes, oh, you're that guy. Like, yeah, I'm that guy. Oh, you're the guy that came with Tim Tebow. <laughs> yeah. Get that out of that my was face. Good. The be my favorite story was like Urban Meyer being like, I don't like this. I don't like he like this is my guy. This is this is the toughest guy on the team. He loves these workouts. Um, he's eating iron, like loves being in the gym. This is a great culture guy. But then he's drinking an 18 pack after that workout. Mm. He's going straight from midnight workout to Gator Beverage. And Urban's like, I'm getting his parents in here. Little did Urban know, Siler's right. giggling like, "Wait till he meets my parents." Yeah, and, and that and that story just ends with Urban giving him a hug, being like, "Hey, man, you just you just keep keeping on, Brandon. You keep keeping on, buddy." I was hoping to see a little bit more about Reggie Nelson. Um, saw some B-roll uh, of some other uh, you know players that you wish you would have seen a little bit more of, but. Overall, I thought the documentary was was good. Uh, nothing groundbreaking for Gator fans. Really cool interviews. Really cool behind the behind the look or behind the scenes look into the uh, to the Gators program during that time. Um, Urban Meyer's redemption story. Um, still trying to get into that ring of ring of fame. Ring of honor. Ring of honor. Ring of He'll honor. be in it. I'll yeah? get into the ring of fame. If there's ring one. of fame. Ring of fame. Ring of Urban honor. Meyer, ring Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer will be. Dumb. Florida has um, Florida has gauged the temperature of the fan base. Urban, you know, has gone. They brought him. I think they brought him back to a game. Um, they're mm -hmm. gauging the temperature of the fan base. Urban Meyer will get into the Ring of Honor at some point. 
everybody was doing this whole documentary while he was employed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You just see the you see the bridge in the background. Just vibing. Yeah. I'm like that's why we couldn't win no damn games. Herb was trying to get his whole documentary <laughs> thing off. Does so Herb was, still live in Jacksonville? I don't know, but he was out. Would, would you still live there, Dan? No, 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 no. <laughs> well, with what the other options, Ohio. Oh, no, geez. the other options anywhere, bro. He's rich. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. That's true. Options the Jeez. whole world. Y'all never um, forget. I made Jacksonville Twitter mad one day. I said something about having to live in Jacksonville, about Urban Meyer and Derek Tyson and a few other people were showing <laughs> all of these very random, highly photo- photoshopped pictures of Jackson. I'm like, just relax, people. I didn't like. It's not actually the armpit of America. It's all a bit. Uh, place sucked, but um, anyway. But New Jersey's obviously the arms of America. New Jersey. Well, Ohio's bad, man. No offense. If you live in Ohio, man, God bless your heart. You know? Ohio got to uh, be better than Arkansas. Don't have, say what? So Ohio got to be better than Arkansas. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. It's going to be a tough one. We have a lot of back and forth there. All right, gentlemen. Let's get uh, – we've, we've got a uh, – Stay tuned, by the way. We might not be done with our Swamp Kings discussion uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, in the, the comments, uh, please put uh, your comments on the show. For instance, this is a good one. Florida Native 75, born and raised in Jacks. It sucked. That's a good <laughs> Bro, comment. Yeah, Dan, like Dan's that. got control of, of what gets highlighted. Yeah. Uh, ESPN 30 for 30, Jacksonville Life, Wallets and Hairline, the Dan Tompkins story. There it is. That's Dan a story. Tompkins. Um, and apparently <laughs> Billy Napier's favorite band is Coldplay. Um, if you followed or muted Brett McMurphy over the last few weeks from the Action Network, you'll know that he's been doing this match game. Um, where well, yeah, the, had to mute him. Yeah, where artist or where uh, coaches had to put who their favorite artist was, and apparently Billy Napier's favorite uh, band is Coldplay. Um, do you guys know who Lane Kiffin's favorite musical artist is? Uh, Morgan Wallen. Uh, Taylor Swift. Taylor ah, Swift. smart. Yeah, I mean, listen. Yep. I'm not. I'm not going to get in heat with the Swifties here. That's just no. a smart answer. Yeah, this is a podcast that's that's all about the the love and admiration that taylor swift gives to 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 us as well songbird of our generation songbird of our generation won't say it won't say a single crossword about taylor swift yep. they'll come for you silk watch out no yep. vibing i'm vibing yeah yeah, yeah. we are we're not getting we are not beefing with that fan base uh well we have uh, josh furlong joining us but before we do that let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at the gataverse go visit them gataverse.io g-a-t-a-v-e-r-s-e.io it is one of the best ways that you can go and support the florida gators through nil they do have a trevor etn NIL card that you can go and buy. They also have discounts locally in the Gainesville area when you go shop and travel to Gainesville. Um, They are going to be unleashing a few new cards and a few new opportunities for you to support NIL as well over the next few weeks, including uh, if a player gets a touchdown, maybe there is going to be a discount or a free item at a uh, a restaurant uh, uh, in Gainesville. So Take a look. Go support Gataverse.io. Go support Florida Gator Athletics. And with that, we welcome Josh Furlong from KSL News. Josh, how are you today? I'm doing well. How about you guys? 
Good. Doing doing well. Looking forward uh, to getting out to Salt Lake. At the end of this, I'll make sure I get some recommendations from you. Um, but just to confirm for Gator fans, there is alcohol in the state of Utah. <laughs> yes, there's definitely alcohol in the state of Utah. Uh, they don't always make it easy, but uh, there is alcohol in the state. Coming from the south, that's uh, football and alcohol are, are kind of uh, twins. They go together. <laughs> yeah. I think it's an America thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, Josh, what, America. <laughs> for sure. Josh, talk to us a little bit. Um, we're just a couple days away. Um, right now, Floridians are dealing with a hurricane. Um, can you assure us that there's no hurricane uh, coming to Utah as well? I can definitely assure you there's no hurricane. So uh, the, the, the most you'll get is altitude. You'll get some dry heat. So it's, it's going to dry you out a little bit when you're up here. Um, but there's there's definitely nothing like that. So assuming that everything stays the course, we're okay. All right, we're all good. So, uh, so Josh, we're just a few days away uh, from the uh, the season kicking off for both programs Thursday night, eight p.m. Eastern time, six p.m. Uh, Mountain time. Um, Cam Rising is is the biggest question. Looks like he's going to play. Depth chart came out; he's on there. Touch us a little bit about what you know about Cam Rising. Yeah, they haven't officially said anything yet, so um, you know I'd take the the depth chart with a grain of salt right now. Uh, Kyle Whittingham will speak to to the media today, so we'll get some uh, better understanding of that. Um, but I my my guess is they're going to try to take it as a game time decision, um, whether he's available or not. That you know it, we probably won't find out till Thursday around five o'clock. Um, but this is this is a, a situation where you know Cam Rising he suffered an ACL injury in January. Uh, the typical timeline, obviously, at least nine months is what most people expect uh, based on what's what's happened. Um, he's always been on pace. Uh, there hasn't been a setback by any means, but it's just been a, a time crunch trying to get him available for this game. Um, and, you know, it, it's shorter than nine months. So whether he's fully cleared or fully healthy remains to be seen. Um, but, you know, th there's been a heated conversation of who his backup is, whether it's Bryson Barnes or Nate Johnson. So, Honestly, we could see one of three quarterbacks on Thursday, and I don't think it would be surprising to anybody out here. But it's just a little – it is a little frustrating to people trying to figure out how that is because everybody wants to see Cam rising. And Cam obviously wants to come back after throwing that interception against Florida in the season opener. So, um, you know, he's he's going to push as, as much as he can to be able to get there. I've been, I've been uh, tickled by Kyle Winningham. I think it was at Pac-12 Media Day saying, listen, if he's not cleared – 10 to 14 days before, then he's not going to go. And then last week he tells you guys, you know, it might be 10 minutes, uh, 10 to 14 minutes before the game. Um, Cam Rising is, when healthy, a top 10 quarterback in the country. So replacing that, there's not many teams in the country that, that can replace a top 10 quarterback. Would Could we see uh, Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson if, if Cam can't go? Is there a way to get both of them in the game and you kind of use Nate's athletic ability and, and give Florida two different looks? Yeah, so I've, I've kind of waffled on this as, as the season has or the offseason has progressed. Um, you know, I've, I've, you know, as of last week, I was thinking that Nate Johnson was probably going to be the guy that they put if Cam wasn't available, just purely on upside. Um, he, he doesn't have a command of the offense as much as maybe Bryson Barnes does because he's, he's been the, the backup quarterback for the last three years. Um, but, he, you know, there's a much higher upside with Nate Johnson. So, you know, I, I've now come to the point where I think the, the betting favorite is probably Bryson Barnes just from the safety standpoint. He's not going to have a high upside, but he's also not going to make as many mistakes as Nate Johnson. 
Um, but I still think there's a scenario where both of those guys get on the field. Nate Johnson last year was used in several red zone packages. Um, they, they, they wanted to, to utilize his speed. You know, he's, he's a fantastic rusher off the edge. Um, his first two touches last year as quarterback went for touchdowns. So I think they, they see something there with him, whether it is as an actual quarterback or in maybe more of like a wildcat type scenario where he, he, you know, has these designed runs. Um, that's, that's kind of what, you know, I would expect is Bryson gets that start. Nate Johnson maybe gets thrown in there every once in a while, but this is a fluid situation, right? Like if one of those quarterbacks isn't performing well, I, I can't imagine Kyle Whittingham sticking with it and just saying, you know, he's our guy. This isn't a scenario where, you know, you're, you're trying to work through the kinks with a starting quarterback. This is a backup, right? There, there's no need to stick with it. So um, I, I, I still think one of those guys will probably get the bulk of it, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see two of them if Cam's not available. I, ch- I checked out uh, Bryson Barnes in, uh, in the bowl game after Cam went down. Uh, what what's the ceiling for him and what, what what does he mean to the program? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's one of those guys, he's a walk on player. So he's, he's been busting his butt to be able to stay competitive. Um, you know, he's not getting the same opportunities in terms of uh, financial compensation and everything as a lot of these guys. Uh, he still has a full-time job so that he can do this. And yet he still keeps coming in and he's trying to, you know, to win this job and he continually does it like he's there's something about him that gives Andy Ludwig the offensive coordinator confidence in him that allows him to be that backup guy right and maybe that's something uh to to say about his backups and and they haven't they haven't recruited well in terms of of quarterback depth Um, but this is a guy that you know he's he's not going to have your higher upside like I think he's probably a a great starter at a G five school or maybe even a lower division. But I, I don't know that he is a a power five quarterback in long-term range. Right. Um, He, he, the the one thing I will say, I will caution people is, you know, we've only seen Bryson Barnes in scenarios where he hasn't had the game plan, uh, you know, established for him. He's had several instances where he's come in as the backup. There was one game last year he started, but Cam rising was a scratch 10 minutes before we're talking about 10 minutes again. Uh, he was a scratch 10 minutes before a game and Bryson Barnes was thrown into the mix. So uh, it's, it's one of those things where we don't fully know what his ceiling is. They obviously love his arm strength. They love his command of the offense and his ability to be able to control it. Does he make some great mistakes? Yes, he does. Like there's, there's some things that, you know, you probably shouldn't do, but at the same time, he's also not going to make these big, big things that maybe these freshman quarterbacks are going to do. So it's, it's more of just a controlled game manager type offense under Bryson Barnes. Uh, you might get a shot downfield. Uh, the, the, the crazy thing is, is last year in, against Washington state, Utah was in this locked up battle and, uh, you know, they're, they're coming you know, to blows and Bryson Barnes had probably one of the best passes of the season for Utah last year. He, he got them into to field goal range and, and got them into a scenario where they could win, but it's, it's, you know, you're, you're not going to see that as much. I think he has the ability. It's just not going to be uh, that that prevalent. I want to ask you about defense real quick. I know that there's a lot of changes. Uh, Clark Phillips the third has gone to the NFL. I know that you had uh, your other safety leave the program. Uh, a number of other players uh, that were on that uh, that veteran defense last year have left. Can you talk to us a little bit about what, what Utah's defense looks like this year? Yeah, so like you mentioned, Clark Phillips, he's probably the biggest impact player that has gone from there. Uh, Mahmoud Diabate, which you guys are familiar with, uh, he obviously uh, left the program after graduating. Um, but those are those are probably your two biggest players that, that left. 
Um, beyond that, they they bring back a majority of their defense. Uh, they have a lot of the consistency and depth that they have there. They bring in Miles Battle from Ole Miss to be a, a longer corner than what even Clark Phillips was. They bring in Lavani Damuni, who was Stanford's leading tackler and and just an overall impressive linebacker. So I think you you've got a similar team as what you got last year. Um, maybe a little less veteran experience in terms of, of corner positions, but you've got guys that have been in, in the background that have been doing well. Um, but now you've got, you know, depth all around. I, I think you've got a team that is, is more experienced and, and better going into this game than they were last year. Uh, Utah was not at all pleased with how they performed against Florida last year where they missed 29 tackles. At least that's the number that they've put on it. Um, they feel like they have a, a better handle of the situation. Uh, last year, they, they didn't really... Uh, they weren't physical as much as they they wanted to be in in fall camp. This year, they've been much more physical. They want to make sure that they attack it. That they don't allow, you know, what happened in, at Florida last year, where they were just soft. That's what Kyle Whittingham called it: a soft defense, where they just gave up way too many tackles. And and obviously, Anthony Richardson and Etienne is is going to be a big factor in that. But um, I think this is a, a situation where I think they feel much more confident in their their ability on defense. They've got some guys that. Are, are up to full steam. Sione Vaki fills that that uh, safety room. He came on late as of last year, and a lot of them think he's arguably one of the best players on that defensive side of the ball. So, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, in, until it actually happens and we get to see it, it's, it's hard to say what they're going to be. But at least on paper, I think they're a better team. I got a call uh, Silk out last year. Uh, we talked to your coworker now, Josh Newman, uh, mm-hmm. and we were talking about Brant Keithy. Uh, when Silk found out that he was like 6'2", he said, who is this midget? What do you mean he's <laughs> going to do anything against Florida? And I said, listen, watch out. Now, obviously, uh, we're not doctors, and I don't know the extent of Brant's knee injury, but I think I've heard Kyle Whittingham say they're kind of on the same timetable. Florida has had trouble covering tight ends, certainly had trouble uh, covering Brant last year, where is he in terms of his recovery, and, and will he be able to play Thursday? Yeah, like you mentioned, he's been questionable as well going into this game, and I think more questionable simply because you know he's in a position where he has to be more shifty. He's got to be able to have a lot more lateral movement than Cam does, and so I think either they're playing it really cautious, where they you know he's a proven guy, so they don't need him out on the field and fall camp as much. So it's 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 a question as to you know. What what availability has he had? He's he's been in pads, he's been available, um, but he's also you know, been much more limited in camp. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play or if he gets limited reps. Um, but the thing is, Utah has has built out this tight end room where they've done a good job of trying to find guys. Thomas Yasman came on last year, and uh, he and and Dalton Kincaid, which you know didn't have much of an impact against you guys last year, but. Um, Thomas Yasmin's a, you know, a former rugby, rugby player, professional rugby player from, from Australia. You know, he's got great hands. He's, he's gotten a lot of confidence now. He's a bigger body than even, you know, Brant Keithy. Um, so he's, he's another guy that can be a weapon there and they've got a couple guys in the, in the background, but, um, you know, if, if Brant's not available to go, that, that definitely hurts Utah's ability on offense. I think they've, they've schemed better to be able to be more diverse where they're hopefully getting more on the outside is what, you know, their dream is. Uh, but I, you know, Brant Keithy, if he's on that field, yeah, he's definitely going to be a weapon and somebody that Florida is going to have to pay attention to. But like I mentioned, Thomas Yasmin is another guy that, uh, probably has the ability to be able to take over from there. And both of those guys too are, are veterans, um, seniors. So it's not like you're, you're missing, uh, install or, Hey, you need to learn this stuff. It's like, Hey, you just need to get these guys if you can healthy to Thursday. 
exactly. That's that's the thing. Like you've even with Cam, right? Like that's why they say they feel comfortable with ten minutes before game time. Cam's been going through everything. Brant's been going through everything. It's just a matter of actual playability, and so that's kind of where they're at. Hmm. Y'all better pray for him. Y'all send him out there. He ain't ready, Josh. Uh, uh, how do you feel about Spencer Fano, the offensive tackle, the freshman, uh, playing in a big game, game one like this? Uh, now I feel real good about our defensive line. So I want to see the confidence level of the true freshman lining up over there. Yeah, that's that's the, the, the key battle that I'm actually really most interested in is because there was a guy there, Falcon Kamatule, who was kind of cemented in as the left tackle. Um, we heard a lot of good things about him. He was working really well last year and, and had had some really good opportunities and then all of a sudden Spencer Fano comes into the room. He came here in spring to kind of get some extra um, experience into the system. And, you know, by all accounts, he's, he's performed admirably. I mean, the, the fact that you can have a freshman come in, especially at a line left tackle position and, and beat out a, a veteran player says a lot. So, you know, I, it, it's, it's the first game, you, you know, you're going to get a little bit crazy into your first collegiate experience. You're going up against an SEC team with a great defensive line. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if Harding, their offensive line coach, you know, shifts him out every once in a while. But the fact that they're putting them, him there shows me that they have confidence, right? They really believe in Spencer Fano. He's got some talent. He's got some ability there. He was the number one recruit in the state of Utah. Um, so I think I think they they have a lot of optimism there. It's just a question of when those bright lights come on, you know, what happens? He, he's done well against a, a good defensive line that, you know, runs the pack every single year. They, they dominate. So it's not like he's not getting experience. Um, whether it's the same experience as Florida, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I think they have enough confidence in him that they, they feel comfortable with him at left tackle, which, which says a lot given, given his ability there. You said runs the pack. I just wanted to make sure you rest <laughs> in peace. <R>. P., yes. <laughs> what, how do, you, do you think this is going to be a run-heavy team if Cam doesn't go? Uh, how, how much does the game plan change? I know you spoke about it a little earlier, and mm -hmm. I know uh, Utah's run game is something that they're going to lean on regardless. Mm -hmm. But what, what do you see the pass to run ratio being if Cam Rising isn't playing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if, if he's not playing, I think it, it probably is, is more in favor of, of a run-heavy offense. Utah's always tried, or at least the last few years, they've tried to be closer to 50-50. It's probably still at least 60-40 most of the time. Um, so I, I wouldn't at all be surprised if it gets closer to 65, 70% where it's, it's, uh, you know, scheme to the run. Now that'll obviously change depending on what Florida presents, right? If they load that box and, and force Utah to throw, maybe you see something different, uh, depending on the quarterback as well. But, uh, this, this is a room where they have a lot of talent. They've got at least four guys with veteran experience. Uh, Jaquindon Jackson, who is a converted running or a converted quarterback to running back, uh, he's he's expected to kind of be there. Their workhorse guy. Uh, he's a big body. He he was more learning the system of of how a running back sees it instead of uh, quarterback. So I'm curious to see how that works. But they've got enough guys in different capacities where you know one is an off speed guy or one is you know the the guy that's a workhorse back. I, I think they have enough talent there that they can lock in on the run game. Um, I think that's going to be what they do, but I wouldn't at all be surprised if they try to keep it still 50-50 regardless of rising uh, being available. What are the what are other things that uh, that you guys at, you know in Utah are looking at about this Florida Gators team? Obviously, uh, a new quarterback, number of new starters on defense, and you know a number of transition 
players have, have moved in and out of the, the Gators program over the last year or so. Um, obviously, Florida, you know, won last year, ends up going six and seven. Utah loses and still wins the Pac-12. So obviously kind of a tale of, of two different seasons there. Now we have, you know, a, a completely new Gators team for the most part coming uh, into Salt Lake City. What are, what are some things that, that the fan base is, is talking about over in Salt Lake City about this Gators team? I think, you know, a lot of what you're seeing is more just what the defense can do. I, you know, I, you don't obviously have Anthony Richardson anymore, and that's, that's a complete game changer at, at quarterback. as somebody that was just dynamic that Utah, quite honestly, just didn't have an answer for. Um, I think they feel more confident in Graham Mertz, whether he's a great passer or not. You know, what we've seen at Wisconsin, I think they feel confident in their ability to be able to negate that. It's more now how do they, you know, stop the run game with ETN, and I'm, I'm blanking on your other back there. but um, Montreal Johnson. That's right. That's right. Um, I, I think they feel confident in their ability on defense. And I think that's where their, their focus is, right? Like beyond Cam Rising, that's going to be their biggest concern and everything there. I still think they're, going into this game, it's, it's can, can Utah's defense do a much better job and not look soft against Florida, right? They're not going to give up 29 tackles. That's their hope. Now, last year also going into this game, I think they kind of bought into a little bit of the, their own hype. There was a lot of conversations around the program of like, hey, maybe they're a playoff team. And whether that was a reality or not, you know, that remains, you know, that can be debatable. But I think this year they're going into it maybe a little, you know, un- underlooked, you could say, you know, not a lot of people expect them to be as good as, as last year. And so I think there's a lot more ease and comfortable a comfortability if that's even a word at this point um that they they come into this with uh, you know knowing what happened at florida feeling like they had that opportunity knowing that they had the opportunity obviously at the goal line and, and feeling like now okay they're at our home you know with or without cam rising you know we they feel confident right now that you know that's that's fan stuff right like everybody's going to feel confident in their team on the first game of the season especially after all the hype that you hear in fall camp and stuff um but i really think they feel like their defense has made some corrections. They feel more um, op- optimistic about the ability to be able to have the depth where they need to. Obviously not having Anthony Richardson to go up against really helps. Um, so I think it's it's a scenario where Utah just feels confident going into this, but it's it, it's kind of like that cautious optimism, knowing that Florida is still a good team. They're going to be a different team. They've got dudes like anybody else, if not better than a lot of the teams that they face. And so it's 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 just kind of that that cautious optimism. What were um, I, I was looking at first? I picked a terrible picture for my tweet today. I didn't even notice the construction on Rice Eccles Stadium, but I was trying to get a picture of the mountains. Um, we've heard a lot of fans this week, Utah fans, talking about it's hot. Um, it's I don't think it's it's diff, definitely a different heat than what we have here. Um, and and I've I've already shamed you and Josh Newman for not bringing up the elevation enough after uh, <laughs> how much we talked about the humidity last year. Um, what is that game day atmosphere like? Um, and, and you were down in Gainesville last year. How does that compare to the swamp and, and what Florida will face and what Florida fans will will see at Rice Eccles? Yeah, I think it, it's different, right? Like you mentioned, I, I think, you know, the dry heat is is something that, that kind of takes people by surprise, but it's it's different. It's not like you step off the plane in humidity and, you know, it kind of suffocates you. This, this is just more you dry out. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you need a lot of liquid to be able to keep you, you know, hydrated. Um, the elevation will play a factor. I, I don't know if it's going to play that much of a factor. If anything, it's more late in the game after guys have been running around a lot. Um, but even the way that the game's changed with the, the new clock management, I don't know if that's going to, to change it, right? Like guys could be on the field for a long time or not. 
Um, so we'll see what happens there. But in terms of the game day environment, um, Utah has a decent tailgating scene. I mean, they've they've done a good job of of being able to build that up in, uh, you know, kind of kitty corner to where where the the stadium is. It's it's not what Florida ex, you know as it's expecting with like SEC country and the tailgating there. The the West just doesn't tailgate the same. Uh, Utah tries; they do a, a a good job of it, but it's not the same. So there's there's opportunities to be had. I know there's a lot of people that go out there. They're very friendly and welcoming, and you know if if you want to go get you know food or drinks or whatever. They'll have you, no questions asked. This isn't a hostile territory by any means, um, but it, it's going to be different, right? Like you're not able to buy alcohol in the stadium, so that's that's one thing that that you're going to have to plan ahead for. Uh, you'll have to get a little bit of that beforehand. Um, but you know, it's it's a good environment. It's a beautiful environment. It's a smaller uh, stadium than what what uh, the swamp is. Um, but it's loud. Uh, the way that they have the mountains there and everything, it it just kind of creates this atmosphere where it can be really loud and it can stay, you know, engaged in the game. Um, and it's it's a fun environment that you know out here at least in the West, it's one of the best environments for for teams to come. A lot of teams will say that this is one of the most hostile places that they play in the West. Um, you know, it, it'll be different for sure than than SEC country and what you guys are going to experience on a day to day basis, but. Uh, it's it's a fun environment and and it's the first game of the season so you can't be be upset with that. I got one last question for you. I wanted to ask you this earlier. Um, what, what's your opinion on Kyle Whittingham having such a physical camp with uh with with the injury uh, going on with Cam Rising? Uh, he ended up losing. I think his name's Brandon Rose, who was the original uh, number two quarterback in the scrimmage. Uh, what's your opinion on him having such a physical camp? I know you said because of last year and how soft they came in. But what do you think? Yeah, for the last few years, he's kind of tried to, to dial it back and maybe make it a little bit, uh, you know, 50-50, trying to make it physical, but not. Um, this year, you know, especially with the quarterbacks, he wanted to make sure that he had guys that could be proven, right? You don't go into that Florida game expecting to have a freshman run or a quarterback that has never taken a hit before. So I think they felt like they needed to have a physical practice. I know on defense they felt like they needed to have that to make sure that guys were, you know, tackling through a guy they weren't just like stopping and, and giving up and obviously that was a problem so I think it's it's partially the opponent right like Kyle Kyle generally doesn't want to harm his players that way and he's he's dialed it back he's he's you know old school guy where he used to be physical all the time they would get banged up they didn't have the depth to be able to do it and so then Utah's season would kind of suffer from that now he's gotten the depth um, so he kind of pulled back a little bit felt like he could do it but I, I think he saw last year that they overcorrected too much and so, you know, they feel like they needed to get that. You know, I, on the surface, I know a lot of fans out here were really frustrated with that. You know, you look at Brandon Rose, who was fighting for that number two spot. They they were frustrated that they were that physical. But uh, I, I think his logic makes sense. You can't you can't go into that game not having had that experience and and not having that pressure. So, you know, it 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 sucks for them that they don't have that guy. And and who knows if he ultimately would have won the backup spot, but. Um, I think it's it's uh, a situation where they feel like they had to. Yeah, I mean, I Utah's wanted, defense. I'll, go ahead, so. No, nah, my bad. I just wanted our fans to hear that we lost two guys in camp as well, and there was some yeah. fans, you know, questioning the phys- physicality of camp. We lost uh, Justin Spoon, uh, defensive end, and Cam Carroll, third third uh, running back on the depth chart. What up, Nick? You, uh, Utah's defense looks so much better in late October and in November than they did against Florida. And that's, I think that's just where football is now with only doing only thudding in practice or only wrapping up in practice. There's no way to simulate game speed and tackling game speed. And I think you see it across the country with really poor tackling 
definitely early on in the year. And you can roll those foam donuts on the field for 12 hours a day and have guys tackle those. It's not the same as trying to tackle um, a real person. So I think there's a give and take. Uh, if you're trying to protect concussions and, and not get guys injured, you're going to have the other end of the spectrum where maybe the first four games, your guys aren't tackling well. Um, but Kyle Whittingham has been there. Going back to Swamp Kings, Kyle Whittingham took over. When Urban Meyer, when Swamp Kings started, Kyle Whittingham has been there. I've covered mm-hmm. four different Florida coaches, and Kyle Whittingham has been there. So I get the frustration because you lose a guy who a lot of people probably viewed as, well, if Cam can't go, this will be the starter. Uh, but then you'll, you'll have a bunch of people asking, why weren't you tackling if you have 30 missed tackles on Thursday? Mm-hmm. Uh, so right. you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't in that position. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, I think they weighed it and they just said, you know, this is what matters the most. We want to be a physical team. That's the MO of of a uh, Kyle Whittingham-led team. He wants to be physical. He wants to dominate. Mm -hmm. He wants to to own that. So, you know, I I, I don't think they wanted to be as banged up as they they have been coming out of fall camp, and they've gotten a lot of those guys back. Um, But it was the alternative was what happened last year against Florida. And and quite honestly, Florida made a lot of those those, um, things happen. But – you know, it's it, it at least negating a lot of what that what that was because Utah doesn't play like that. They're not usually like that. And you saw that last year where it took them four or five games into the season before they felt like they could actually get into a defensive system that resembled somewhat of that. You know, some of that was Diabate coming in and, and trying to learn the system, you know, and it's a different system than what Florida was running. So I, I think there was a lot of just things going against them. You had a new position coach that was helping in there. Now you've got a lot more consistency, and so I think they felt more comfortable with that, knowing that guys can finish their tackles, they can go in there, and they can actually be aggressive. Uh, Josh Hucker? Real real quick, shout-out to Mahmoud, friend of the show, guest, former guest of the show. Um, Hope he makes that Browns roster. Thanks, Nick. Um, Josh, want to ask about – Skill players, uh, obviously, Brent Keith, he's a guy that, that we should uh, to be on the lookout for. Should he play in this game? Uh, wide receivers, running backs, uh, what should should Florida fans uh, be expecting there? Yeah, Jaquindon Jackson at running back, obviously, is the guy that I, I mentioned earlier. He's a guy you're going to want to pay attention to. He's He's got some skill and, and natural talent that, that is undeniable, and so I'm curious to see what happens. He, he came on as of late last year. Um, but I'm curious to see Micah Pittman, former Florida State wide mm-hmm. receiver, what he's able to do to this this offense. Um, he's he's right now in a battle for for one of the positions as a starter with a freshman and Mikey Matthews. Mikey Matthews is one of those guys that you know if if Florida fans have been familiar with Utah in the last few years, which you know that may vary. They had a, a player called Britton Covey. He was a pretty shifty yeah. and and uh, you know he escaped a ton. Uh, they they kind of see Mikey Matthews as a similar prototype to him. And just being able to be that Swiss Army knife guy that can kind of do a lot of things. So, you know, they they feel like they have some guys on the outside this year that that can be a little bit more dynamic. They still have proven guys in Devon Vele and Money Parks. Money Parks is a great name. It's a great name. All name name team. So, I mean, it's it's not uh, Kool Aid McKinstry, but you know, we'll, we'll take it. But um, I think uh, it they've they've got some guys that they're optimistic about. But especially on wide receiver, I think out here there's a lot of, of maybe, you know, caution that they, they want to see it happen first, right? Utah hasn't always been that explosive on the outside. They've done really well at running back. They know that they can get guys there. You know, if, if Kyle Whittingham believes in Jaquindon Jackson, that usually means something, 
but now they've got to be able to take that to the outside, outside of even tight ends, right? Like they've got to be able to have some more expo- explosive guys. Mm-hmm. So Micah Pittman's kind of the guy that they're, they're kind of looking at um, as well as Mikey Matthews. Can those two guys establish themselves? And then what about the veteran players? So that's probably of the skills guys. Those are probably the ones to watch, uh, but there's, there's some newcomers that I'm curious to see as they, they go in. Hmm. Should be a good game Thursday night in beautiful salt lake city we have a lot of listeners that are going to be out there for the first time uh, i've been fortunate enough to be uh, out uh, nick will be there so make sure you guys hang out um i've been to salt lake city a few times to go skiing up in, in park city but there's there's some rules there's some some differences in utah than there might be in florida in terms of alcohol restaurants bars those kind of things why don't you give uh, folks a, l- a little bit of the lay of the land what they should expect and, and give them a, a little you know, 30-second Salt Lake City blurb. Yeah, you're a tour guide as well, Josh. <laughs> I, I'm probably the, the worst one because I don't drink, so uh, I'm, I'm not oh, a great a- asset for that. But I do know that the, the laws are different. The alcohol levels are are lower than most places, and so uh, you're probably going to have to drink more to be able to get the, the same type of buzz. Or, not or, a problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and they'll take your money, so it's it's good. Uh, but no, there's, you know, there's opportunities here. Uh, it's, it's not like this is, a, it's scarce. Uh, they've, they've got opportunities. There's a lot of bars. There's a lot of different places that will serve some good alcohol. There's, there's actually a great craft uh, breweries around here that, that there's some really good opportunities here that uh, I know a lot of people enjoy. Uh, so that's, that's, you know, an area where, you know, you can get some, some alcohol, you can have some fun. Um, it's, it's not going to be the same, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be different. Um, but there's a, a availability, you know, you're going to have to be able to have it before you get into the game. So you're going to have to either sober up or be sober going into the game. So maybe you celebrate afterward or, or whatever that may be. Um, but being Thursday night, I don't know that that's going to be a hopping place in Salt Lake City. Um, so you're probably going to have to bring your own party and, and have fun there. But no, it's a, it's a great environment. There's some some great locations there. Um, yeah, Is I don't the know. Is Red Iguana still open? People, people love Red Iguana. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the guy... That no, says okay. that that it, it drives me crazy that that's the one place that everybody says go to mm. for Utah. So it's good. They've got some good mole if you like mole and all mm-hmm. that. And I, I I'll eat there, right? Like it's what, not what's a mole. Place. It's like a like a sauce, like a what? So? <laughs> hey, bro, I don't know what mole is. You want me to not ask this man? I'm just gonna sit here and act like I know what mole is. I don't know yeah, what mole no. is. Not everybody knows, Nick. Jeez, it's a I'm pretty sure sauce. some. We'll say that. It's a sauce. Is it like a creamy it, sauce, tomato based? What what is it? It it varies. You can have a bunch. You can have tomato based. You can have. Uh, it's not like an Italian. It's not like an Italian. It's it's very uh, Mexican based with spices and herbs. Okay, and, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. A little thicker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's salsa or something. They'll yeah. have like chocolate mole. You know, I mean, there's a bunch. Yeah. yeah. Is Whiskey Street still there? My understanding is yes. I I, I don't work in Salt Lake much anymore because oh, now, okay. so I I work at a. Uh, at home, but I believe that's still there. there. There's been some transitions and everything. So downtown Salt Lake's cool. One of my favorite things about Salt Lake City is is right there in downtown. Is the mountains are like 15 mm-hmm. minutes outside of downtown, so it's not like being in Denver where the mountains are an hour and a half away. Right there, it's a really, really, really cool time. Uh, so enjoy it, Josh. Let everybody know where they can follow you on social media uh, and get all the latest <laughs> updates on the Utah Utes. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever the heck we're calling it nowadays. <laughs> Dave for KSL. Um, I'm happy to chat anything. Uh, give some good recommendations if you want that, or or just to meet up. Uh, you know, I it's it's a great opportunity, and I'm excited for you guys to come out here and and see it because it's a it's a fun time. And uh, Thursday night's going to be rocking as we start college football. 
Well, thanks. Oh, Josh, before we go, man, we're a little rusty over here. Josh, what's got to get a score prediction. Still in preseason form here. (laughs) Jeez, preseason form. We weren't, we weren't doing full tackles in preseason. So Josh, what do we got here? Give us a prediction. I varied on this a lot, but I'm going to go with 24, 21 Utah. Uh, We'll we'll keep it lower ish and uh, keep it tight. All right. Well, Josh, we appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Man, first off, the uh, comment section is wild. Yeah, it's 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 in shambles. Yeah, just you guys are not together, bickering. There's all sorts of stuff here. Somebody called Josh a virgin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's Come on. I thought he had like four wives, so to call him a virgin, you know, that's the way to go with it. Josh's a good guy. Josh, no, he's a great guy. 24 to 21 uh, seems low scoring. Um, what, do you, what are you guys? What, what are your thoughts? Let's break it. You know well, what? First off, first off, we've got 200 people watching and 31 have hit the like button. Oh, we got yeah. 170 haters in here, man. Yeah. Come on, man. It hit the like button. It helps hit the algorithm. Gets uh, gets the show bigger. And, yeah, let's uh, um, help spread the show. Yeah, while you Just guys so- are doing that, let's see. Let's see if Bunch there's some big comments. Ladies will not be allowed to wear skirts above their knees. CJ Dorsey was wild in the comments. <laughs> yeah, he was, CJ, he was in his CJ. bag. Yeah, CJ yeah, was yeah. in his duffel the entire time, man. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, I was trying oh, not man, to laugh, man. Some, yeah, there's some, some good ones here. Uh, I know that Utah – I know Chris Sorley was – Chris Sorley and Da Vinci were, were going at it with a Utah Ute fan. Uh, about uh, about the game overall, but uh, but shout out uh, to uh, to Josh. Let's um let's let's break down the game a little bit more before we do that. Uh, go visit Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com. Um, right now, you they are doing a it's a sweatshirt, a t shirt, pair of sweatpants, uh, some home field koozie, and a, a fanny pack, uh, all for sale. I think it's 175 all in for those five items uh, that they're offering. It's a it's a deep discount, and if you use promo code Stadium Miguel at checkout, you get 15 percent off of your order. So again, about 20 different shirts. They do have that bundle. Go visit homefieldapparel.com. Promo code Stadium Miguel at checkout, um, and then shout out to Sriracha who just liked for the four wives. So maybe we can send it to Josh, and all four of his wives will like it too. All right, and we also want to give a shout out to our friend Stone Cold Drip Sauce Tin. Already smoking Checking that Utah in. pack all week. Uh. That is a Rick Ross <laughs> grunt. That's what I named right that up. emoji. All right, <sighs> let's. All right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about the Utah Florida game here, um, guys. Give me your thoughts. We'll we'll talk about betting lines. We'll talk about props and all that kind of stuff. But give us your uh, your overall thoughts. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to if, if Cam Rising goes or don't go. Um, I, if he does go, I don't think he's going to be 100%. Uh, yeah. So I think it's going to come down to our front seven just stopping the run. Um, you know, I think Brent Kuthi is another thing. If he can't go, I, just, I, I don't know. <laughs> we, we should we should have a big advantage if those guys can go. You know, I know it's next man up, and they got some guys that can play football. I respect Kyle Whittingham's program. Uh, it's going to be a battle, so I don't think we're going to come in here and blow anybody out. I know if we got some of that in the comments. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. Um, we could run away with it, but it's going to have to be earned. Uh, those guys are not about to lay down. I don't care who's injured. So I think I think if we can stop the run, 
Uh, we go out there in our front seven handle business. Uh, I like that we can rotate and go more than just our, you know, we go in our two and three deep uh, and, and not lose a lot of uh, mm-hmm. talent. Uh, and there's not a lot of drop-off like last year. So, like, between last year and this year, while I know we lost Anthony Richardson, we also gained, you know, some defenders um, that, that, they're not, that, that that Utah mm-hmm. didn't see last year from uh, uh, Taraji Mitchell to uh, the, the, the guys with Cam Jackson and Caleb Banks. I think that's where we, we win this football game at, um, our front seven on defense and then our run game on offense. Uh, not having Mertz. Mertz don't have to sling it around. He just have to be able to hit the playmakers in space, let those guys do what they do. Um, not, a, not a huge believer of Utah's secondary as well. I think we got some mm-hmm. guys that can run by them uh, when, it, when it pertains to just pure speed. So uh, I, I think we got we can sneak up on these boys a little bit. Even though they want some revenge and get back from last year, nobody's expecting the Florida Gators to have the, the, the type of football team I think we're going to feel. So mm-hmm. I feel good with, with Rising, the status uh, that he's at. If he was 100% healthy, it's a different football game. because He's, he's a top 10 quarterback. He's a top right. 10 quarterback in the country if he's healthy. Right. Um, which I, which he won't be healthy. Like like the timeline, like he simply I, – I don't see him being the Cam Rising he was last year. And last year he killed Florida with his legs. 91 mm-hmm. yards, he's, he's turning the sticks over, turning the chains over. Um, even if Brant Keithy can't go, um, I think uh, Josh mentioned him, Thomas Yasmin. He's 6'5", mm-hmm. 250. I think five of his six touchdowns last year were in the last six games, five mm-hmm. games. Um, that's a that's a matchup nightmare. It's someone that big, you tell me he's from Sydney, Australia. Shout out to Jeremy Crawshaw, mm-hmm. um, former rugby player. That's a tough dude. Um, I think also something we didn't talk about is – in, in home field advantage. It's not just altitude. Utah plays different at home. They've won 14 straight. They've won, I think, 22 of the last 24 at home. Yeah. Um, they average giving up – their defense gives up like 14 – two touchdowns less at home than they did on the road. Um, I, I, it's not going to be an SEC atmosphere. Listen, Florida played last year at Neyland. They're going to play this year at Death Valley. Those stadiums seat almost double what they'll play. Mm. Uh, but there is something to how well Utah has played under Kyle Whittingham, not just last year, going for most of his tenure, how well they play at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, the Gators are going to be a markedly different team overall, right? Obviously, a new quarterback. The the running attack is is different from last year uh, as well. You have another year of Montreux Johnson and Trevor Etienne uh, getting better in, in everything that we've seen out of them is – uh, has been all that's advertised. Obviously, the offensive line has some question marks, tight ends, wide receivers. The the entire offense is just going to look different than last year. But I don't think that the game plan changes. I think that you, you know, you really try to take advantage of of their lack of preparation or their their lack of experience. Pardon me, uh, at safety, you try to make some of those you know crossing routes and intermediate throws uh, that hopefully Graham Mertz can make that that we weren't able to do last year, right? And Yes, Anthony Richardson willed this team to win, and you know Amari Burden gets the uh, the game winning interception to end the game. But but Anthony Richardson certainly wasn't perfect, and there's a lot of plays and a lot of throws that that I'm sure he wishes he had back in that game. So I think the floor is going to be different on offense this year against this Utah team. I don't think that the Utah team that they're bringing into the swamp this year is better than the team that they brought in last year. It might be the same. Obviously, if Cam Rising doesn't play, I think it's a worse program. I just I don't think that Florida and right now Florida is a six and a half point underdog. Uh, that line has gone up and down uh, over the last few weeks here, but 
you know, right now I like, I like Florida's chances. I don't know if, you know, we'll pick it here in a minute. I don't know if I'm going to pick Florida to win, uh, but I, I definitely think <laughs> MGM Grant, MGM Grant is like trying to get like an intern. They're trying to have somebody at the sports book get like a, a Utah athletics internship to get in on campus. Be like, Hey man, we haven't gotten a damn word about cam rising. We need to get yeah, yeah, the yeah, inside. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, line went down to like five and had and went back up. Uh, I think when they dropped the depth chart, sure. they dropped the depth chart, and which mm-hmm. is the indication of nothing. Kyle Whittingham's gonna play this, uh, this this game. This strategy is chess. You know, make make Billy Napier and and Austin Armstrong prepare for three quarterbacks if they have to. Right, uh, just more time taken away from your practice. I get it, but um, that line is is definitely gonna change again. I expect it to go down once it gets a little confirmed that that Cam in in. And Brent, if they don't play that line, but I mean the lines are out the window. They was favored last year, and then and they mm-hmm. caught these hands. So uh, I mean line, spine, slime, whatever, whatever you want to do, man, you got to line mm-hmm. up and play football. Um, it, it's gonna come down to some guys that that we we aren't expecting because this is a new team. So it's gonna be yep. some X factors. We're playing a lot of young boys, a lot of freshmen. Uh, who, who do you think Nick could be the X factor on offense that that we haven't been talking about? Could just show himself, pause. I'm not. I'm not laughing at you. I Who's opening to, the kimono, I, Nick? I, I need to get off. I need to get off comments. No, the comments is booming. Y'all keep beefing in the comments, man. I like it. Zeus, Zeus, Zeus is like trying to fight ten Gator fans at one time, bro. Good oh, luck, bro. Honestly, honestly, welcome Zeus and yeah. you, Cali. He was down in the public school yeah. education. It is a top five public yeah. university in the country. You, well, you, the Cal, uh, yeah. You, the Cal. But shouts to shouts to the Utah guys in here. Happy yeah, to have so, you. Sriracha is um, ready for payday here. So we join us on YouTube. It's a fun, fun time on the YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is going crazy. Um, for me, like, I, I don't know that there are X factors in terms of like guys we haven't talked about. Um, I would like to see Arliss Boardingham be an X factor. I think that his size, his weight, I think he's a guy that you can get. Um, you know, slide him out into the slot. So, you know, a guy that can line up with his hand in the dirt, can motion around, move him around, find creative ways to get him the ball. I think Ricky Pearsall can't ever be an X factor because he's going to be a guy that defense is game plan for all year. So when I think X factor, it's not just who's a guy who can have a big game. It's who's a guy that maybe we don't expect uh, or, or on a fringe could have a big game. And I want, a season X factor to be Eugene Wilson. Um, but, is that, but is that going to be game one on the road against uh, a veteran defense? I don't know. Why not? Why not, baby? But, yeah. but <laughs> Eugene Wilson <laughs> dropped the 21. Would have loved to see it. I know we said it's yeah. egregious, but would have loved to see him. 21. <laughs> Can you do so? I had that all planned out, man. I had I a vibe set up for that one. I even you, that. you. You and our boy Velo. Had a, had I was, I was singing on, on the podcast, you know? Hey, it, it's he's Eugene Wilson the third. They call him Trey. Now he's wearing Trey. It all makes sense. I get it. We like him for three touchdowns against Utah? Oh, mm. of course, Dan. Obviously. Trey, Trey, Trey. <laughs> all right. Perfect. <laughs> Might as well keep sense. the theme going. Uh, X Factor, Dan, who you got? I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go with Montreal Johnson. Um, and I'll say that, that that's not really uh, super fair, but I think all of the, the hype has been around uh, Trevor Etienne all offseason. I mm. think that Montreal Johnson uh, is a very, very capable all-SEC caliber running back, and I think that he is going to be the guy that shoulders the most yards 
and the most touchdowns in this game against Utah. So I'm going to go Montreal Johnson. It's going to be my X factor for this game. Mm, I like that. Those are two good ones. Who you got, Silk? Uh, I'm gonna go just just I'm gonna go Caleb Douglas. I know it, the young wide receivers. I expect those guys, but Caleb Douglas has a knack of getting behind deep defensive backs. Man, I think he's savvy a savvy route runner. Um, we just need him to come down with it. But I think he has a big game. Uh, he didn't. You need to I don't put like that the way stick he him on his hands like they did in Little Giants. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think he figures all that out. But I, I like him to have a first big game. Uh, I was gonna say Mertz. I think Mertz. Uh, I know we, we're expecting to lean on his running game and defense. But I, I think Caleb Douglas, uh, that's my X factor. I think he has a big game. I think he gets behind that Utah secondary early and often. All right. Let's uh we did get a super chat question from Chris Sorley in the middle of his bickering back and forth at the Utah hey, fans. Chris, hey, stand tall in those trenches. Yeah, that's right. Stand tall, baby. Uh if UF gets burned by a third string QB, how does that affect morale? Uh what if Graham Mertz throws two or three picks? LOL. Yeah, if, if he throws two my, or three I'm picks, getting, leave Twitter for the weekend, fam. I'm I'm getting my LinkedIn profile updated. Michael Leon, according to Steve Spurs, next man up. Yeah. <laughs> Steve didn't seem like like a big Graham Mertz fan. But Steve, to be honest, I, I haven't seen uh the head ball coach out there a lot, but no slander on on mm. SOS's name ever from, mm. from this guy. So uh, if, if that happens where the, you, you took it away, uh, if Florida gets burned by a third string quarterback, um, Mrs. Austin Armstrong will probably feel the same way Mrs. Tony felt about Florida fans. No public strip mm. in her future. You know, I think Armstrong will fire back at y'all boys. Y'all talk greasy to him. i be honest with you. I don't think <laughs> I the same so. Patrick Tony. I, I think, so. I think Austin Armstrong might throw hands with y'all, bro. I'll be real. Um, I hope so. <laughs> Um, um, I, I have seen like a lot of fans talking about like Florida's going to have like those will like talking about this defense like it's gonna be like a Will Muschamp defense. And I'm like, I do like the depth better. Um, right. I, I I really don't like Florida's safety room at all. Right. Um, I like the cornerbacks, I like the linebacker room, I like the depth there, I love the depth along the defensive line. Like, I think Justice Boone or a player like Justice Boone getting hurt last year might have crippled the defensive line, might have crippled that edge room, and now you kind of just Move Tyreek Sapp over. You think uh, Jack Pyburn is going to be good? So like yeah. the depth there is 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 really good. But like Florida was ninety seventh in total defense last year. Yeah, ninety seventh. I, th- I so think like, the to say that they're going to be the strength of the team. I just don't know that yet. Like, are there pieces? Yeah, but we're putting a lot of projection on some guys who haven't done it yet, but we think could do it. Right, it's talking season. Yeah, I think yeah, that what, what, what can help our our, sec, our safeties because I think our, my cornerback room is, is you know they with the shits this fall. Excited about them boys, uh, but I think what can help our safeties is just a pass rush that that we was missing last year. You know that's the best thing for a secondary is is mm-hmm. quarter uh, a defense line that can affect the quarterback and make him move and get rid of the ball a little faster. So um, yeah, I think we're gonna have a really good defense um, if the if the safety room is figured out and those guys start clicking, it could be elite. So that's that's where I'm at with it. Plenty of depth. Um, what are, what are you uh, concerned about defensively going into this game? You know, um, just from exp- every level, experience, uh, safety, whatever it may be. What are, what are you uh, looking out for? What are you looking out for? I think you. I'm looking out for tackling. Um, mm-hmm. Like Florida, Florida hasn't been live 
the way that that Utah was. Um, I don't think they were a great tackling team last year. I don't know that they're going to be great in week one tackling. Um, it's just a, I, I think it's just a system of how football is practiced now. There's no three days. There's no two a days. You're not taking guys to the ground. There's no way to simulate those live reps uh, until you start getting them. And you're going to have to get them Thursday at 6 p.m. Mountain time. Um, so that's an issue for me. I, I don't think they'll have a problem stopping the run, but like there were a lot of times last year where like Desmond Watson, we talked about him being a big run stopper gap eater. And it's just like, he was kind of just moved or they just mm-hmm. held him in place and, and did what they wanted to do, uh, you know, on a various play. Now he was having to play 25, 35, 40 snaps a game, um, which he won't have to this year. So I don't think fitting the run will be an issue. Um, but that's something to look for early on, second quarter, third quarter. How are the guys holding up uh, third quarter, early fourth quarter, late fourth quarter? Yeah, that was a lot, Nick. Uh, that was good. Um, a lot about that. Uh, my biggest thing for this entire season is going to be on missed tackles. Um, I think that that's something that the Gators were were terrible on. Actually, I've got another one. Uh, tackles is, is number one, and then number two is going to be uh, doing more press at the line of scrimmage for defensive backs. Uh, those are things that I want to start seeing more of. Uh, I think that we have the physical bodies. I think that we have some really good uh, defensive backs. I think that the, the top three that the Gators have of Jason Marshall, uh, Devin Moore, and Jalen Kimber, however that ultimately shakes out, I think that you have three very good defensive backs there. I don't want to see us playing 8, 10 yards off the line of scrimmage every single play. Um, but missed tackles and our, ability, our, our willingness to play uh, press man on, on defense are, are two big things that I want to see um, on in this team. And then ultimately, Nick, you made the, the point as well. You know, from from a depth concern, uh, I just want to make sure that this team is conditioned and, and ready to go. There's a lot of players that that can play. It's a lot of new young players, a lot of people that we're excited about. But um, you know, it's it's that time when they when they tap your helmet, you're in. Um, so so let's see what this team uh, can do. Yeah, mine is just from a discipline standpoint. Assignment football, uh, not a lot of pointing at each other in between plays. Like what the hell just happened? A lot of hands up. I uh, didn't like any of that last year. Setting the edge, you know, everybody's just doing assignment football. I think the talent is there. So I want to see from Patrick Tony. that's what I didn't like last year. It was just like a lot of, you know, players looking at each other like who mistake it was after every play. Uh, so just from an assignment football standpoint, they got that Nate Johnson kid who, who may mm-hmm. come in and do some wildcat running back stuff. Uh, setting the edge is going to be important. Uh, would have been more important if, if, if Cam Rising is starting. But still, assignment football is assignment football. Everybody knowing their job. Uh, I want to see just from a leadership standpoint, Taraji Mitchell, uh, whoever the safeties they have back there. I know we got the um, you know, R.J. Moten from, Mich- uh-huh. from Michigan that transferred. These are older guys, so just want to see a, 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 a you know a defense that's 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 assignment you know ready you know. Mm-hmm. But, even before then, we uh, the, the year before Patrick Tony, it took them forever to get plays in, to get lined yeah. up. It's just been a continual year after year of just uh, guys not knowing their assignments and not being able to execute. So I want to see uh, an assignment sound, an executing sound defense. 
Yeah, and that'll um, that'll be huge. One, one second, Nick. That'll be huge. Uh, you're replacing your two starting safeties. You're replacing a lot of your uh, your linebacking group as well. That's a that's a lot of new voices. Uh, a lot of them are new to the program as well, right? Taraji Mitchell, R.J. Moten, Manny Nunnery. Uh, these are all new names to the Florida program this year, right? And obviously, Arson Armstrong is new too. Uh, but ultimately, being able to communicate, knowing who to listen to, get in the right spots, understanding assignments. And moving is going, to, is going to be important for this team, right? Because this Kyle Whittingham machine and these gears have been in motion for almost 20 years now, right? So they they know the the, the, the protocol, they know the words, they know the verbiage, right? So so right. for this team, it's a matter of making sure that they're ready and and focused and and can can block out uh, some of the noise there. Taraja, I got Taraja. you, Terry. I got you, Terry. Mr. Mitchell, I know you're a, I know you're a listener. I Make got sure you, you like and subscribe. Taraja. I said yeah, right? I don't know. I I, I, I say it wrong. Taraja. Yeah. I um, um, another right. thing to another thing to watch. Uh, I know Florida's talked really highly of Jake Slaughter. I just haven't seen a lot of him. Um, the, and and it's not just a Florida thing. Like if the many teams across the country, outside of you know maybe like Ohio State and Georgia, if you lose one or two offensive linemen, your offense might tank. Uh, I don't know that Florida can withstand losing two. You start playing Tetris uh, on super hard mode, trying to fit new pieces in. I do like Najee Harris a lot. Um, I think Jordan Herman's a guy that Florida likes, but, you know, is he going to be ready? Um, Staying healthy on the offensive line is going to be huge. Kingsley Aguakin is already dealing with a high ankle sprain that forced Ooh. him to miss the end of fall camp. He's day to day heading into Thursday. If you're taking out your center who has started the last 26 games and has played in 40 games over four years, that's not a great start. So mm-hmm. health along the offensive line paramount to me, especially when you're looking at a Florida team that needs to, not only wants to, needs to run the ball effectively this year. That's another thing too. Run the damn ball, like Florida. I think that cost us a buy the shirts. Buy the shirts. Yeah, statemiguel.com slash shop. Run the damn ball shirts. Run the damn ball, bro. I think that cost us the Florida State game. We was running down their throat first half, and then second half we got all cute. Uh, If if the running games work, lean on Montreal, lean on Etienne. You know, wear teams out, and then in the fourth quarter you want to bring the young boy Treyon in to to get some more reps. Let's do that, but let's not get cute. If the running game's working and they can't stop it, and we just mauling people at the line, let the offensive line eat and pancake shit, man. Mm. That's my that's my take for game one. Is it like let's go with what works. I know we're gonna go in this thing and try to run the ball. Uh, I want to see Billy Napier improve as an overall head coach, whether it's play calling, time management, and yeah, every I aspect. Hope. You know, I think like the time management was a thing last year when he was calling timeouts. You know, um, starting starting the second half, uh, that middle eight. Is what they call it, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, he, yep. he just struggled with that. So I want to see some improvement, and that's going to get us. I know we talk about personnel changing to get us some wins, but him improving that middle eight and, and how we do some things as far as time management, or get us some dubs, or it can cost us. So I want to see him improve in that in that fashion as well. Game one, right out the gate. Yeah, we had Billy Napier on in the the program back uh, a few months ago. Um, so you can listen to that interview, and that's a lot. What he talks about is is being able to look back uh, on this season and areas of opportunity for them to improve. That no time management in that middle eight. Uh, Silk, I know you asked that question about the middle eight. 
which if you're listening is the last four minutes of the second quarter and the first four minutes of the third, uh, how much the Gators were, were getting beat by during that time. That really flipped the game, uh, unfortunately, for a lot of the Gators games uh, last season. Uh, let's get an X factor for you boys against Utah on defense. So on offense, Nick, did you choose Pearsall? Did you pick an actual name? Uh <laughs> I, think I gave myself. Of, I, I picked many names. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, yeah, 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 yeah. You, 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 you clearly have forgotten how I work in season form. <laughs> we, we pick every side of the fence, all the players. Yeah, no, I know. This is a we black nail this year. No, no gray areas. Nah, the show seems gray as my beard. Very good. So, uh, your offensive player, we're going to go with Ricky. <laughs> um, sure. So, let's get a defensive player of the year. We'll go in uh, in snake order. Uh, so, Silky you went third last time, so you go first this time. X Factor defense, oh, man, this is a tough one. Well, give me Jack Pyburn, man. Woo! Gets in there some situational stuff and, and go crazy and get him a, a sack or two and affect the passer. Energy wise, I think it'll be big if Jack can get in there and get some stuff done. Give me Jack Pyburn, the boy out of nine five four. I like his had energy. Had a uh, a couple great uh, tweets about Jack Pyburn. I told y'all last year, I was watching him on special teams, every special team. The guy was a maniac, bro. So I'm not surprised to see, you know, him, like the things I'm hearing from in camp because people that could just run through walls and don't care about, you know, um, their face and their body. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like, you know, that type of, of CTE, they don't really like have any reservations towards that type of stuff. Those are good football players. And Jack Pyburn is one of those guys. So give me Jack Pyburn out the gate. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my boy Jalen Kimber. I know you thought I might go with Jaden Hill because I said my boy. Um, and the season goes. The season. I am not year. gonna say that this season. No. You can't goes retire that. As Jaden yeah, Hill to. goes, I have you got to. to. You know, that was the, that was the best um, stick wish, of the season. I, I just don't wish bad on people. You know, Nick. Last year I said it goes as he goes. He ends up season-ending injury. So uh, I want to see Jalen Kimber healthy. Uh, I, you know, out of the cast and everything else, I think that he's going to have a great season for the Gators. I think that I think they're going to put Cam Rising out there. I think they're going to at least test him out, uh, throw the ball. And I think that Jason Marshall is going to be a guy uh, that they're going to try to avoid. And, and Jalen Kimber, without a lot of tape, is going to be the guy that they go after. And I, I like him for an interception and two uh, passes deflected PBUs. Mm -hmm. Peanut Butter University. Peanut Butter <laughs> University. All right, Nick, who do you got? Um, I'm going to go. It, it, it probably won't show up in the stats, so you're going to actually have to watch the game, not watch the ball. I'm going to go Cam Jackson. Uh, I think he has, coming from Memphis, uh, doesn't get talked about, I think, like outside of Gainesville circles very much. Um, right. But I think having him and then the guys you have behind him, I think he'll be able to play fresh. Um, and he came into Florida – to prove something um, playing in Memphis. He probably could have gotten drafted if he had stayed in Memphis another year, but he came to the SEC to show that he can play in the trenches in the best conference in college football. So I'm going to go with Cam Jackson uh, in his orange and blue debut. Mm. All right, let's uh, let's give a quick shout. We're going to do an over under segment. Uh, this is a reminder that Nathaniel, we are not depending our season on one man. Um, this is just an X factor discussion. All right. So as always, uh, go support. No, our I think friends. That, was, that was for go you, Jaden Hill, your Jaden Hill, Hill as the season <laughs> goes. Uh, take. 
Oh, man. Uh, Fangotickets.com. Go visit them. F-A-N-G-O tickets.com. Florida Gators, Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. If you are looking for season tickets, if you are a season ticket holder and want to put your tickets up for sale, think about it for similar to Airbnb. Uh, I know a couple of you guys have already reached out about Gator Games uh, to do that as well. We are going to be working on a promotion uh, to give out some free tickets this season. So uh, go visit our friends over at Fango Tickets. It is free to put your tickets up for sale, and there is no fee if you are a buyer. So again, fangotickets.com. All right, boys, over under segment. We're going to play a season uh, round here. Um, over under life wallet, your life wallet stock trading. Under. At- at 15 cents. Under. Oh, my gosh, Nick. Wouldn't that be a day? The day my investment per share goes up to 15 cents. Jeez. Um, all right. So, over, under, five and a half wins. You know you know the vibes over here. Over, baby. Big on the over. I got I to gotta have this crock pot all summer, hip silk. Just cooking up this negativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've been you've been letting it stew. You've been letting just, it simmer. Just cooking up this negativity. Uh, I wrote it today. Check it out on Gators mm. Online. I'm going over. Over five and a half wins. Think that wow. is Six? safe money. I'm yeah. gonna. I'm gonna. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the the entire season of Stadium and Gale right now. But I'll go mm. Florida at seven wins on the season. Whoa. Nick, I don't know who you became balls. since you got married. Just like brimming it. with with optimism like over here. I like it. All right, I'm going to go over for the Gators as well. Uh, rushing yards, 2,600 on the season. You guys might want to ask for some clarifying questions on what they did last year, so let me pull that up for you. Last hmm. season, the Gators had 2,603 yards. How many of those were Anthony Richardson? Ah, Nick, Nick, Nick. Uh, <laughs> 654. I'm going to go over. Ooh. Okay. Over, over 26. I think, you, uh, I think you had over 1,500 just from Montrell and Trevor. I think, you know, both of those guys will get close. You could – I think it's tough to have 2,000-yard rushers, but I think both will be very close. Um, add in some Trayon Webb, add in some, some Eugene Wilson, add in some Ricky Pearsall. I think Florida gets over 2,600 rushing yards this year. Oh, Mark, I mean, this man is high. He got Florida at seven wins. That probably got me at 11. <laughs> 15, 15 and 0, baby. Yeah, we're going to playoffs, and Nick got us at seven. You know, that's, a, <laughs> that's a wild swing of events. Uh, I got so speechless. Yeah, bro. I've been trying to figure out like how it happened. But uh congratulations on being more positive, Nick. This is this is groundbreaking. Uh give me give me over on the twenty six hundred. I like I like us over as well. I know you're missing the uh the six hundred yards from uh mm-hmm. AR, but I'm with Nick as far as the jet sweeps and, and some other things that we'll be able to get. And I, I think Merck's can give you a cup on it mm-hmm. on the season. He can scamper for a few here and there. Yeah. Yeah, you Let's see. Johnson at 841. ETN at 719. Um, oh, man, that's tough just because I think I'm going to go over. Might as well. Um, 
What do we have to lose? We're not gambling anything. Let's go over. I like the yeah, I like the running back real room. money. That's yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. They were playing with uh, with Listen, I've, been, I've been saving three years of money for this. For zero yeah, percent interest rate, Nate. Mm, this is, this is life interest. wallet money. This is this, yeah, this is life wallet. This money. is John Ruiz money we're playing with here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the, the the same money that John Ruiz is a billionaire with. All right, uh, <laughs> Graham Mertz touchdown passes twenty one. This passing touchdowns twenty one. Under That's tough. Under twenty one. Yeah, Last I'll take the under. Season, Anthony Richardson had 17. Yeah, I'll take year the before under. that, Emory Jones, 19. Year before that, Kyle Trask had 43. <laughs> <laughs> K2, fact, baby. Give me, give, give me over, bro. Kyle overachieved. Like, <clears throat> the, like, yeah, we should be able to get – I think we can get over 21. Give me over. It's not my uh, Yeah, I like, I like over 21. I like yeah, over 21. 21. That's, that's <laughs> less than two per game. You've got a prolific offense. You've got you've got twenty two touchdowns, twenty six hundred rushing yards, fifteen wins. No, this is how you get eight nine wins, uh, Nick. You can't get there with seventeen touchdown passes. We've seen that with Emory Jones, and, and <laughs> we've seen what what getting under twenty one touchdown passes gets us. Yeah. That's Emory Jones' uh, uh, end results and Anthony Richardson's end results. So, yeah, I think we're a little bit better. I think we get over twenty one. We'll see. You got to get there some way, Nick. I think we're going to have 210 somehow. yards rushing per game, and that's it. No, no yeah. passes. I got under. My, you my got rain, under. My reign of positivity. I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious to to see how you get to seven wins with over 2,600 yards rushing, under 2,100 or 21 passing touchdowns. You don't think the defense is going to be all that good? I like where we're going here, Nick. You've talked yourself into a little bit of what we call a pickle. <laughs> Okay. Nobody, nobody puts baby in a corner. Nobody. Uh, all right. Uh, passing yards for Graham Mertz, 2,300. I'm going to go over, by the way, on touchdowns. 20, uh, 2,300 passing yards. What do you guys think? Under. Anthony Richardson had 2,549. And Emory Jones had 2,734. Give me the over. over. <laughs> Give me the over. It's just... That's just not a lot. All right. So I have not looked up that information yet. <laughs> <laughs> I might. I might go. You try to be yeah. negative with There's no information. That's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> That's nuts. All right. Let's yeah. see. Points per game. Uh, 29 and a half. Gators above or below 29 and a half points per game. Last season, they did 30.7. Over. So the offense is better offense. this year. I think so. Overall. And you get McNeese State and Charlotte. Mm, those should help. Last year you had but, USF. Mm, good point. Salient point, Nick. Overall. Yeah, hopefully the team has grown. They don't, they don't come in sleeping versus USF, right? That's what we're counting on here. Some growth. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> Um, man, I've completely lost track of my bets. I have no idea if it makes sense to. Yeah, Nick, just you just gotta go with it, buddy. Let's uh, (laughs) let's go. I mean, I picked seven. Let's go over. (laughs) Gotta go somewhere, bud. (laughs) I push, push. 
Uh, let's go over. Oh man, uh, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over two. I'm gonna go over two. Uh, total defensive ranking Gators last year. I think we're 94th. Um, total 97. defensive ranking this year in total defense. What do you say? 97. I think it was 97. Yeah. Okay. So total bad. defense ranking 45.5 higher or lower. Obviously, lower uh, would be somewhere between 45 and 130, and higher would be one through 45. Yeah, one through 45, me, man. Uh, big, big, big on the Austin Armstrong. And if he can't get us there and y'all talk grease, I think he's going to punch y'all in the face. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go. You're like one through 45. I don't know if right, I said right, right. yeah. that's, that's a that's a big jump. Um I think I think they'll be a top forty defense this year. Man. Like that's not that's not for good. Sure. That's, that's, not, good. <laughs> that's not good. That is good for top, I need a top twenty five to be real. That, that, um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go over to you. I'm gonna say that the Gators rank somewhere, I'm gonna say twenty ninth. Twenty ninth best defense in the country. A lot of things have to happen. I don't like to be a homer because now I'm starting to – now we're throwing a lot. Now we're running a lot. Now we've got a really good defense. No, other teams got to put up stats too, though. So also, also, it's <laughs> also if, if we're talking about Florida being a run-first team, you're at like NFL rules now where the clock's not stopping after first downs. Like I think if, right. if, like, if Florida and Utah are both trying to run the game or run the ball, other than SPN paying the bills and going to commercial – um, like games might be moving quicker. Well, yeah. the, the game itself, um, based on a few, uh, was like four minutes faster. Um, overall, there was like seven less plays run, but the game was only like four minutes faster uh, overall. So ESPN has got to cash a big SEC check here shortly. Uh, so do not expect less than three hour and 20 minute game. I, I don't know that your watch time is going to change, but I think the play time will be faster. Oh, yeah. You're still going to sit there for eight hours and watch a full game. For sure, it's a work shift these days with all the commercial breaks. But, <laughs> I mean, shift. the shortened games, it just means more time management. We got to be our analytical, the nerds, man. I need y'all boys around Billy, the 100 soldiers. to Nerdy. have the ana- Yeah, bro. We got to have the analytics, and we got to be able to execute with the time right since you guys brought up time again. Yeah. I think Florida just really drastically needs improvement. If they go, if they could have gone from 97th to like 65th, they probably have two more games under their, their win belt last year, maybe three. So facts, any improvement. All right, let's see. Go back to this screen here. Uh, seven and a half sacks for Princely Uman Milan. I think that's a great number. That's because you picked it, Nick. <laughs> it's tough. I should have made it easier. He got the number one on. He got to eat greedy. Give me, give me the over on that, man. I'm spending all John Ruiz money. Give me the over seven and a half. He's trying to go to the league. That's what he's trying to do. I don't think Princely trying to hang around Gainesville one more year, bro. I you think he's hungry know. for that NFL check. So give me over seven yes. and a half. I don't think he's looking for a 2024 lease. No, no nil deals. This is this is the end of that for him, in my mind. Barring I'll injury. Go. I'll go over, under 10, over 7.5. Mm. I'm going to go – I'm going to go that he gets mm, 
What did we have last year? Eight and a half for Brenton Cox. I think he's better than that. Zach Carter. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong year. Prince of Milan, four and a half last yeah. year. Mari Bernie, four. <sighs> he just didn't get after the pass rusher last year. We had 23 sure total sacks. Yeah, we stunk at getting out to the yeah, pass last year. We had, we had no death, you know. Uh, the motors on a lot of these guys just wasn't, wasn't there. I think Princely affected the quarterback good on his snaps. And he got some good tackle for losses, so he lives in the backfield. But, um, yeah, mark me down. He got some help around him this, this go-round. Um, some say he's going to get a lot of one-on-one action. Uh, Cam Jackson is going to draw a lot of double teams, in my mind. I uh, haven't yeah, seen him play in the Gators yet, but that's my mind. Right. We'll see what and we he, have with it. And he didn't start all games last year. All right, I like him for eight. I like him for eight sacks. Very good. All right, and then let's see. Go back. All right, Nick did this one wonky. Over under three wins versus, I guess, Utah. You would be three wins or more against Utah, Tennessee, Kentucky, LSU, or FSU. Do the Gators get three wins or more? Again, against Utah, Tennessee, Kentucky, LSU, or UF. All of them. I'm just playing. All of them. Yeah, we get get more than three. I got us for more than three. Nick? That that's what do you mean? So that's just saying that Florida goes four and one versus Utah, Tennessee, Kentucky, LSU, FSU. Yeah. That's that's what it's saying. Over three wins. Does Florida yeah, go four so then you would do three or... and a half? Yeah, yeah. Vegas would just say three and a half, but well, I'm Gainesville. You're not in Vegas, you're in Gainesville. You're in Gaines, Vegas. Um okay, under. Vegas. I've got I've got a three and two record there. Three okay. and two record. I'm I like three and that. two. I like three and two. I, I'm hoping and expecting five and zero. Oh. Think it'll be three and two. All right, let's get in to the final part of our show. It's the over under for the Utah Utes and Florida Gators game in Rice Eccles Field um, in Salt Lake City. So let's see over under. Well, let's just call it out at the beginning. A win loss. Nick so. Dub, man. Dub. You already know we're running down on the Utes, man. It's already we, – we're getting the dub out there. Been saying it all offseason. No, no reason for me to change now. Uh, w, start this thing off with a win. I just want to see how we bounce back out to this. But I got us winning this one by 10 points. By 10 you points? Know, wow. 10 okay. points, so? man. Give me a double-digit win, man, on the road to the Utes. And then Ooh. the nation is going to be on alert that Florida Gators is not in, in, in all actuality having a down year. How about that? You get one hundred extra Ruiz bucks if they win by ten. <laughs> I appreciate that, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna spend it right here next week on the over and under. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, spend it no. right here. No. Oh, whose line is it anyway? They're meaningless <laughs> and have no value. Hey, rest in peace to Bob Barker, man. Oh, rest that. in peace yeah. to Bob Barker to, to the legend, yeah. man. You know, price is wrong. <laughs> Nick, uh, uh, give us your win-loss. I got Florida. I think if Am Rising's healthy in Salt Lake City, I'd be picking Utah. I think I was picking Utah all offseason as we got closer. And Cam Rising, there's no way he's going to be the Cam Rising we saw last year. Um, I think Utah's a tough place to play for whatever reason. They play really tough at home. Uh, Their record shows it. Their stats show it. Um, I think Florida will will get a win over Utah. I don't have it 10 points. I don't need those Ruiz bucks. Um, I'm going to go one possession game. 
Um, but Florida wins. Yep. Ruiz bucks are worthless, but nice to have. Uh, I'm also going to go uh, with a Florida win. I like the Florida Gators to win by eight points. Mm. I think that the uh, the offense is, is good enough. I think that the offensive line is good, but I think the defense uh, is going to be uh, strong. I think that they, I like our, our depth there, especially if Cam Rising doesn't play. Uh, I want to make sure that our linebackers can keep contained if there is a, uh, a running quarterback behind there. Uh, but I, I like the way that Florida's entering this game. I like the enthusiasm. I also like the lack of expectation on them. So I've got the right. Gator by eight points, head out on Wednesday, head back out on Friday. Um, so There's too Gator. much speed and size. They got to come yeah. see us, man. The game's got to get played now. Everybody wrote all the articles how bad Florida Gators was going to be this fall. Now the game's got to get played. Now they got to deal with Ricky Pearsall, Eugene Wilson, my two running backs. Like, mm-hmm. the Riders can't save them now. Like, now you got to get out there and tackle them boys, right? Yep. They got to block Cam Jackson. They got to throw against Jason Marshall, mm-hmm. Kimber, Devon, mm-hmm. Devin Moore. Like you got to come and get it now, bro. You know, shout out to the Utes, you know, in their top 10 ranking. Beating the top 10 team back-to-back years is going to be a nice little nice little present for Billy and the boys. All right, so last they, year. What's a Ute? What's a Ute? I believe it's an Indian <laughs> tribe. Um, all right, so Utah. Against no. Utah last year, Anthony Richardson threw for 168 yards, rushed for 106. So that is – 274 yards over under Graham Mertz production of 274. Under. Yeah, I'll take the under. (laughs) (laughs) He's putting Marie's bucks in his pocket. I'm just vibing out, bro. I don't want to put too much expectations on Mertz. You know, I don't need him to be got get out there and be a gunslinger. I just need him to hand the ball off. What I said earlier, run the damn ball. That's yep. what I need to hand, 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 hand it off to these to these monsters, man. Let the, let the monsters do what they do, and then we'll feed off the play action and go ahead and take them up top with Pearsall and Eugene and them. But we don't, we don't need Graham Merch to be hero ball guy. We just need him to hand the ball off, and when the play action, they start biting down on that run game, then we take them up top. Yeah, I realize that that's pretty egregious to expect out of Graham Merch, 274 yards. I don't even know if Graham Merch has put that up in a, in a game against – I'm not saying that he's – yeah, it's, it's a lot. So let's see. Um, so I'm going to change that a little bit. One second. Well, I've already here. put my pick in. Well, <laughs> yeah, Nick. The, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, we can still count it. But let's see. Last season, Graham Mertz. Oh, man. ESPN's website is truly trash. You could just say ESPN. Yeah. All right. So 168 yards. Yeah. Uh, under, I think under is a, is a pretty fair uh, assessment there. Let's go back to, uh, to Graham Mertz here uh, real quick, just so I get a, a general idea of what we're, what we're dealing with here. 23. Uh, we'll just, we'll table that for now. Um, this is a difficult thing to find. All right, so uh, rushing attack. Uh, Gators over under 220 yards rushing uh, in this game. It's a big number. It's a big number. 220 rushing? 
Yeah, they yeah. had 283 last year against Utah. Over. Against the Utes. Over. Four touchdowns. You give, you give me the over on that. I said running down ball. We got to run down on that. 220, yeah. All right. And let's see. Uh, turnovers. Gators win the turnover battle. So, Dan, uh, did you won- give us yours? Like, what, what did you say? He did not. Oh, Dan, Dan will be over. Dan will be filling his out around ten thirty <laughs> on Thursday, uh, and, and editing the show on the fly. Bingo! That's how you know. Uh, over rushing yards under two seventy four. Uh, let's see. I got to go. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get. So now I'm on CFB stats getting. Uh, Graham's passing from last season. Patrick, last the team is not in Utah. What? No, no. Billy uh, said comments. Yeah, Billy said that he talked to some NFL guys and he found out that getting in and out is the best way to do when it, when it, when it pertains to altitude. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I know there's some fans like saying we should be out for altitude. You gotta get in, and get out. Soaking. You gotta raw dog it. Yeah. Pull out. Uh, so last season, Graham Mertz had one game. It was against Northwestern, where he threw for more than 274 yards. So uh, I'll probably go under uh, as well. In fact, in his career, he's only done it once. Mm. So Nick was very sure to say that he has. Um, Nick remembered that Northwestern game very well. Um, over under the uh, turnover battle, uh, Gators. Uh, would be on the, the plus side. The minus side would mean that Utah wins the turnover battle. What do you guys have, Gators, on the plus side or the minus side? I got some. I think I got us winning the turnover battle. I've seen a lot of turnovers from those those guys spring in in some of their camp. I've just been very nosy with, with my Utes coverage. Uh, I think they're a little loosey goosey with the ball. I know Grand Merce have been loosey goosey with the ball in the past, but this is how we win the game. We have to win the turnover battle on the road. So I got us winning the turnover battle. Nick. Mm, you're on mute. Mm-hmm. Amateur hour, man. We Florida uh, had some of the dogs started barking. Somebody came and the ring doorbell went off. I was trying not to disturb Yo. the podcast. Um, I think uh, Florida wins the turnover battle. I do. I will caution this. Looking at Austin Armstrong uh, at Southern Miss, they're going to try to create havoc. I think they'll get more tackles for loss, more sacks, uh, more turnovers. You're going to give up big plays. When, when you're putting guys in single coverage with a single high safety, uh, somebody slips. Like I think they were Southern Miss was not good in terms of giving up passes of 20 and 30, 40 yards or more last year. You're going to get some big plays when when you try to bring pressure like that. So uh, I know that there's some Todd Grantham PTSD. There's some Patrick Tony PTSD. Don't put the sins of the father on the son. Give Austin Armstrong a chance. Let him cook. Uh, but yes, I think Florida wins the tournament battle. I think that Florida does too. Uh, I like Florida's chances in this game. I like Florida to get two turnovers. I like Florida Gators to get three turnovers. They'll have one turnover of their own. And let's see, what's a, what's another good over under? Um, let's see, sacks in the game. Two and a half sacks in the game. Over. Especially over if you trot out. Uh, yeah. Cam rising on some crutches. Statue Cam. Uh, if, he, if, he, if, if they send him out there, it's going to be, you know, prayers up to him. I don't feel sorry for anybody that jumps on the gladiator field with the gladiators. You know what I'm mm. saying? At that point, I, you know, all best is off. 
and I, I need my guys to handle business. But if he steps out on that field, yeah, I don't care who's that quarterback. Give me more than two and a half sacks. You know, I expect a, a good front four. And like you said, Austin Armstrong is with the the, the pool. With the shits. Yeah, there you go. I was trying to keep it PG. <laughs> it's a family show, Dan. Family show. Come on. Not anymore. Come on. Sorry, cover your ears. Uh, I like the Gators for three sacks. No, I like the Gators for four sacks. I like the Gators for four sacks. You know who I think leads the team in sacks? Who? Jack Pyburn. You got Pyburn leading the leads? I do. Oh, no, just, okay. just in this game. Just in this game. Just oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, ready yeah. To, he's ready to rip a head off or two. So you like my X Factor. I like, yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I do like your X Factor. Not as much All as right. I like mine, but. Uh, and then Michael Mitch, let's go Canes, best team in the state. You are in the wrong. You might be want to focus on the other. Make sure you hit the like button. You might want to focus on Miami, Ohio. You know, y'all, you got you got a real barn burner on the way there. Uh, uh, what's his name again? Michael. Michael, Michael Mitch Jr. You might want to go do some research on the Ohioans of a Miami. The Ohio. However you say that. And Nick is hit on that, again. Hit that, hit that like button before you head out, Michael. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe Michael came for his uh, distribution of Ruiz bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's trying Ruiz to distribution. It's a mole. <laughs> no Ruiz bucks for you, Michael. All right, boys. Uh, put me let's down, get put out me down on. Put me down on Tyreek Sapp leading the team in sacks on Thursday. Mm. Oh, I'm mad at that. Tyreek Sapp. Tyreek Sapp. Oh, I see what you did there. Ooh. I see what you did there. I didn't feel, didn't feel great. I mean, if, if he's going to lead the team in, uh, in, 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 in that category, you got to call him Tyreek Sacks. Ooh. Well, Tyreke, Bro, I'm just saying. Gets a little I weird. I just do then, nicknames. Right? I just do nicknames. <laughs> now, Tyreek Sacks, when you make it plural, it sounds weird. I'm going to be honest with you. All right, uh, give us um, – let's let's get out uh, with the end of the show. Let's, as always, give a shout-out to our friends. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Life wallet stock over under a penny. Um, we go at? over. Under that, me. Paul. Let's see. Oh, open God. your portfolio, oh, man. Uh, it's at $0.08 cents right now. Mm. Over under a penny. I'm going to say over. Um, over a penny. Over a penny, but not above – not above 20 pennies. Not above 20 pennies. Uh, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Alumni Hall. Go visit them on Archer Road in Gainesville, Florida, or visit them at alumnihall.com. If you want your polos, your golf polos, your T-shirts, your accessories, grilling tools, anything that you might need for a, a tailgate, go visit them, whether you're going to Gainesville uh, for the, uh, the seven home games that they're going to have this year, or you're in town, go visit our friends over at Alumni Hall or visit them at alumnihall.com. All right, let me ask you guys one one last thing. What 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 goes wrong for us to lose in y'all mind? Like what happens? Graham Mertz turns the ball over. Um offensive line injuries and uh missed tackles big plays. Like Utah's good. Like I feel like I get it. No, like, for sure. 100%. I get it. Like, like it's game week. Everyone's chest is pumped out. Like, this isn't – we learned last year. We talked, like, Pac-12 is soft. Uh, Pac-4, however many teams are left. Pac-12 is soft. <laughs> um, it's a finesse league. They're not physical. Like, Utah had size and speed when they came in the swamp last year. 
and they ha- they will have that again. Like they're gonna punch Florida in the mouth. What do you do when you get punched in the mouth? You know, I think it's a a, a physically strong minded team, but like it's not a cupcake. You're not playing McNeese this week. Um, mm. So like there's there's it, it would not be shocking if Utah wins this game. None of us pick them, but no, it would not be shocking if they win the game. No, Gator fans aren't like I know we 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 feel good about our team, but we know it's going to be a battle just because everybody told us we were going to be poop all year. So uh, the average Gator fan, especially if you're casual listening to this, uh, going into this match, are thinking like you know we're favored to lose. Um, we just know this team. If you're a fanatic, a little bit closer than the average fan, so you know our expectations is up. But um, yeah, if Graham Mertz uh, is is the, the Graham Mertz of old. Um, and it's turning the ball over, and we're just trying to get cute and, and throw the ball around. Or we get put in a situation where we're down a couple scores and got to throw the ball and pitch it around the yard on the road. Just not the ideal situation. So um, I think just keep keeping the score within one possession, uh, running the ball, playing defense, we should be fine. But if we if we start turning the ball over and the game gets you know to a two-possession game, they get up by 10, uh, it could get a little weird. So mm-hmm. I just think we just got to stay injury-free, like, like Nick said, yeah. tackle. If we missing tackles or giving up big plays, you know, that could provide them a spark, especially with a backup guy. But uh, just get out to the quarterback, sack the quarterback, take care of the ball on our end. And I think, you know, they got some size and they got some speed, but I think we're bigger and we're faster. You know, mm-hmm. you look at the recruiting rankings and the talent, you know, the blue chip ratios of where our, both mm-hmm. of our rosters at. We got some talent on this roster. and We, we mm-hmm. just got to go out there and take care of business. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I think that you guys hit the nail on the head. You know, still a lot of opportunity for this team, you know, win or lose this game. Uh, obviously, we saw last season the Gators won the game, and then the season didn't turn out the way that we wanted or expected uh, after that that win. Uh, you go in, handle your business. You know, you're, you're going to have probably 65 plays on offense, 65 plays or so on defense. Go give that that three to five seconds of relentless effort uh, that uh, these guys probably watch Swamp Kings, right? So uh, the team, is, you know, Utah is good. They have all of the expectation on their back. The Gators are a five and a half win team, according to Vegas. They are nearly a touchdown underdog, uh, or they, I guess, they are over uh, a, a touchdown underdog, less than the uh, the extra point. So go in. I think that Graham Mertz is is a good enough quarterback with the the weapons that they have around him to win this football game. I think that uh, you have to go in, you have to uh, expect that you're going to win. And then if you lose, that's okay. You get McNeese state, you get Tennessee, you get Charlotte, you get a few games uh, over the next couple of weeks to, to be able to redeem yourself. So, um, you know, like I said, win, lose uh, this game. Uh, this isn't the, the barometer of success uh, on how the rest of the season is going to go, but, this will give us a, a view uh, into what we expect for this year. So hopefully I continue to get better. Just good sound football. That's all I, that's all I want. Um, make tackles, make the out route, make those small 10 yard, five yard hitch routes, right? Don't turn the ball over. And yeah, I think the Florida is a better, more talented team. Already. Cool. Awesome. Uh, so you have the song of the week. Before we do that, let's give a shout out to uh, DJ Lagway. Seven passing touchdowns, uh, one rushing touchdown. Uh, his team won by a lot, um, 425 yards passing. Uh, and then baby, Xavier uh, Philosame, um, incredible. Phil Samy. Phil Samy. Phil Samy. Six sure, tackles. You sure it's Phil Samy? That's what his coach said. Huh. 
I just, okay. I, I just don't see it. So, you know, but, um, <laughs> six, you, you thought I was wrong about Mike and Mazuka too. You're like, no shot. No way. <laughs> no, it looks you, like Mazuka. But you that doesn't re- look like, I, I was a lot more willing <laughs> to accept that one than this one. Um, let's see. He, uh, six tackles, three pass breakups, uh, forced fumble, uh, in their win, and he was, <clears throat> pardon me, the Texas high school football de- defensive player of the week by Sports Day High School. So shout out to Xavier Philsamy or Xavier Philosame. So song of the week, Xavier bud. Philosophy. Xavier Philosophy. Like it. Give, let me get. Let me get. I need some like stadium music. So I'm gonna go. Uh, J Rock win. You know, I need this dub. So mm. J Rock. I was gonna go. Beach Boys. Salt Lake City. No, I won't need that type of vibes out here. I was okay. either go Kodak or something very victorious. You know, sounding, but we can't give no Salt Lake good energy. We gotta go out there and pee in the lake or something. <laughs> Change the pH, you know, throw shit off out there while we out there. Change the pH. <laughs> All right, let's get oh out of here. Man. Show's Change going left. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys at the same corner, same time next week. Go Gators. Go Gators.